Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 23rd. Advice to men on the subject of balance. As men progress spiritually, they acquire certain feminine characteristics, becoming softer, gentler, more sensitively aware of others' needs, and more willing to listen sympathetically to what others have to say, these being signs of feminine maturity though many women exist who need still to mature in these respects. The reason breasts are attractive is that they suggest tenderness of heart. Physically speaking, men too may, for this reason, develop slight breasts and the sensitivity in them of a young girl entering puberty. At this point, it may become difficult for men to conceal their softer feelings. They may weep, easily. Swamiji has put put a great deal of esoteric yogic thinking into this. Um, It's it's, uh, uh, one of the many, uh, 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 what do I want to say, explanations along the yogic path of the, the more the heart quality, the more the heart quality develops in a male yogi, that his body will often assume feminine characteristics. And you'll see pictures of very advanced yogis who are often photographed without their shirts, men. And you'll see that they have, they have breasts like a, a, a child, a woman child just entering puberty. And Swami talks about the, the, the breasts are even sensitive because the breasts are right over the heart. Swami comments about, I mean, the, these, are, these are the things that you think about. If you think about all of creation, from a cosmic perspective and not just from the point of view of trying to figure out from an anthropomorphic with, with a, a universe that is centered around the human ego. And then we try to make sense out of everything, which is how most people think. I mean, it is true that man is a special creation and is made by God for a special reason. But the mistake that we, we make then is that we take the human ego with its opinions and its likes and dislikes and its narrow perspective on time and its um, false identification with a limited aspect generated by the physical body, which is gender or culture or race or language. And then we start trying to make a cosmology out of things that are not in themselves big enough to be cosmological. So. But when you stand back from the point of view of yoga, and you have to bear in mind that the science of Sanatana Dharma, the true principles of yoga, have existed in India for thousands of years, thousands of unbroken years, regardless of whether India has been in the ascendant in, in terms of riches or um, colonized by the British and impoverished as the British became wealthy, disrespected, persecuted, any number of things can happen. The teachings of Sanatana Dharma have always been the same, and even if the society of India as a whole has strayed away from it, the knowledge goes into to the masters in the Himalayas. 
and the masters in the high Himalayas keep guiding this planet. That's just the premise of Swami Kriyananda's teaching, which is the premise of this book. And one of the just observational facts is the, the breasts of women are close to the heart chakra. They're, they're right here. The breasts of many other animals hang, hang low on their body. They're much, they're much lower. They're not expressing upward and outward from the heart like they are in, in a human body. Animals are bent over, the, the breasts hang toward the ground because their refined feelings, are the, their, their spiritual potential, their conscious self-awareness on a spiritual level the human being is a different, um, has a different capability. It has, it has transcended, it has transcended through many levels of gradual enlightenment. Now, now you have to think about it from this way too. The individual soul, the jiva, actually transitions through the animal stages. But as it transitions through the animal stages, it's evolution is automatic. In other words, uh, each individual animal, even though it's a separate soul, I mean, if you love your cat and you know that your cat is a distinct person who is relating to you, that's a true feeling. And by the time the cat is your pet, the cat has the jiva inside that cat. Its, its awareness has really accelerated because now it has the karma to be in constant close association with a human being. So its potential for experience, its potential for enlightenment is greatly advanced from a cat that is feral, that only has to just eat and mate and not get killed and only associates with other, other beings whose consciousness is no more elevated than its own because the magnetic influence of higher beings has a very powerful effect. So we, we, we gradually come through all of these different stages until, and we have the body, you see. We, we, ma- we are incarnate and manifest a body that has a capacity to express whatever level of consciousness we ourselves have attained. I mean, you can see an animal like a dog that can run all over and have experiences and, and do all these things has much more um, potential than an ant. An ant, for example, I'm not quite sure, you know, I mean, individuality, I think, goes all the way back to the ant. But the ant's potential for experience is so much less than that of a dog. The, the dog also has the opportunity, ultimately, to become domesticated, to relate to human beings. It's not likely to happen to an ant. So the jiva lives in an ant body as long as the ant body serves it. And then when it, it's, it's, its consciousness is bigger than the ant, it discards the ant's body and moves up to whatever's next, a, a, a grasshopper, a praying mantis, a moth, a butterfly. I really don't know. But you can see even among animals that there, there's an evolutionary cycle like that. The nature of the human body, according to the way Master explains it, is that it has the capacity to express and experience infinite awareness. And also in the human body is the beginning of self-awareness, or I should say is a great acceleration of self-awareness so that we can consciously apply our will to our self-development in a way that lesser 
creatures are not able to do. They may prove to be intuitive, loyal, deep-feeling, courageous, brave, self-sacrificing, but they lack the degree of self-awareness that allows them to reflect and to make as conscious choices as, a, as the human intellect and brain, in theory, not always in fact, but in theory, allow us to do. And this also allows us to begin, just as we're talking here, to reflect. I'm born in a male body, or I'm born with strong yang inclinations, but I can see that my yang inclinations alone are, are causing me to be disbalanced. And there's many other life skills that are required for my happiness that I can see belong to the yin, um, the, the yin side of the coin, like this. And then a yang personality, a man, as Swami's talking about, can then make the decision that I wish to develop within myself more yin qualities. And if a yang personality is enlightened and self-aware and inspired to try to expand its, its potential, to expand its awareness and its potential, it begins to apprentice itself to individuals, or at least to the principle of what do I need to become different, to become more yin. And it happens both automatically and it happens by conscious choice. I myself, I, although I inhabit a female body, I'm, I'm one of those people in a female body. I, I totally I identify as female. There's no um, gender uh, displacement or dysphoria or anything like that. But I'm a very yang energy inside a yin form. And I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm, I feel that I'm in the yin form for a purpose. And so I have literally apprenticed myself to other more yin personalities than mine. I mean, it's not like I've actually indentured myself, but I have found yin personalities that are attractive to me in ways that I lack. And I, I have literally cultivated those friendships. I have literally attuned my energy to their energy when I, have w- when I was with them. I have literally considered in this situation what would this person or this person or that person do? This needs more yin than I have. And I know she would have it or she would have it or in some cases he would have it because Swami Kriyananda had a more balanced yin than I do. And so I would think, how would they behave in this situation? And I think about the qualities that Swami is talking about here. Softer, gentler, more sensitively aware of others' needs more willingness to listen sympathetically, to hear what others have to say. And Swami points out quite appropriately that many people in a yin form are quite immature in the development of yin qualities, which is one of the reasons sometimes that we're born to the form that we're in, because our hormonal inclinations or or societal inclinations are not necessarily always our enemy. Often we're born into that form because to to cooperate with that form is going to give us a balance that we need. So all of this is, again, we can't just start from the human level, what I want, what I feel, how, how I may feel powerful or powerless or what my preference is or anything like that. It's all requires very sensitive self-awareness from a a more cosmic level. 
Like, what am I supposed to learn here? And it may or may not have anything to do with um, gender identity. It may be that the yin or yang character or the yin or yang form that you're in triggers other emotional responses or attitudes of the mind about power or lack of it or freedom or lack of it or just any number of things that this specific trigger for it is not the issue, it's what it triggers. I've certainly seen in certain circumstances, for example, I've seen someone in a position where they were arguing about the specifics of their situation, but I was aware of the fact this person has enormous anger issues. So they've put themselves, and this was the truth, in the position of a somewhat persecuted minority, not because it had anything to do with the characteristics of that minority, but because this person had such an inclination to be anger, angry that they needed to be where they always felt justified in their anger until they could begin to actually ask a deeper question. Is anger really the proper, helpful response here? And thank God, the person whom I've known for a long time has gradually come to see that really the circumstances, the circumstances were designed to teach me a, 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 a lesson completely unrelated to my circumstances. So Swami here is talking about yin-yang balance because it's two sides of the same coin. All of us are, are genderless in our, in the, our jiva has no gender. We merely inhabit a yin or a yang body just depending on whatever time it is. And so we have to ask ourselves, what can this teach me? Is, is what I'm supposed to be taught within the form that I've taken to strengthen that particular expression because I'm weak in it? Or is it for me to stand on this side of the equation so that I can reach out and develop much more on the other side of the equation? I have been very amused in my years of, of, of couples counseling, which I did, which I no longer do much anymore, but I have in the past. I think exactly how to say this. Because the truth is, and the truth is that men and women are almost exactly alike. It's just like we're two sides of the same coin. And you just, you know, that one side does not have more value than the other. And one side is not more the coin than the other. They're just, we're a yin-yang balance. You, you draw the circle, you, you divide it, there it is. And I, there was a period of time when Divine Mother, I think, was teasing me. Because I kept having these women come to me. And they would tell me what a wonderful husband they had, how good he was in this way and how great he was in that way. All they wanted from him was just this little bit. And gradually it was re- kept being repeated to me that what they wanted was him to cease being yang and to become yin. <laughs> and they wanted him to give up just that little bit that actually made him a man instead of a woman. Now, I know that sounds silly, but that's really what happened. And I said, but if he did that then you would miss that quality of yang, which is really the balancing factor. In other words, let's all get a little more mature about this. Um, Which sometimes we did and sometimes we didn't. Okay, my friends. Advice to men on the subject of balance. As men progress spiritually, they acquire certain feminine characteristics, becoming softer, gentler, more sensitively aware of others' needs, and more willing to listen sympathetically to what others have to say. These being signs of feminine maturity, 
though many women exist who need still to mature in these respects. The reason breasts are attractive is that they suggest tenderness of heart. Physically speaking, men too may, for this reason, develop slight breasts and the sensitivity in them of a young girl entering puberty. At this point, it may become difficult for men to conceal their softer feelings. They may weep easily. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners, so if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation, or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.